Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Sarah's Chill. Never worry about safely storing your breast milk or formula again. Sarah's Chill was invented by a mom for moms and offers guaranteed convenience with their double-walled stainless steel container. And today's episode is also brought to you by Just In Case. Just In Case is committed to making breastfeeding more comfortable, less stressful, and more sustainable with their reusable nursing pads. And we'll hear more from our sponsors later. Um, but right now, well, not right now. I always say that right now. But right now you're listening. So when you're so done. Yeah, don't do it right now. Please head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page if you need anything. anything see if you can give them any of your business because they make this podcast possible. Um, and while you're there, don't forget to scroll down and enter your email address. Um, and we'll send episodes straight to your inbox every Monday. And now Diane has our review of the week. It comes from Instagram because Abby sent me a ton of reviews that people were leaving for her on Instagram. So this is great. Um, I love it that we're getting like, we're getting love from all over. So it's kind of cool. So you can send your reviews. You can do it on Instagram if you want to. You can send us an email. Um, Putting them on iTunes really helps the podcast. So if you do have the ability to do that, that would be awesome. This comes from Emma. Hey guys, just found your page and podcast. Just wanted to say thank you. I'm a first-time mom with a five-week-old and your info plus all the resources you share are amazing. I'm not sure if you'll see this, but in case you do, I have one question. I'm mostly breastfeeding, but my husband will give bottles when needed. When I'm pumping, I notice my nipples are purple when I'm done. Is this normal? They go back pretty quick, but it just surprised me when I noticed. Thank you. P.S. I binged like five episodes today during cluster feeds. First of all, thank you for the binging during cluster feed because what else is there to do? Really? (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. But the pumping with the, you really should not have a purple nipple. I mean, that probably is not under the guise of like normal. Um, I would think that maybe your pump is up too high which is a very common mistake. I think people like turn it up thinking the higher it is, the more milk I'll get, yeah. but it can really be damaging to your, to your breast tissue. So turn that down a little bit. And it's not needed. It's not, it's not needed. Or it could be your flange size is too small. And I, I think, Abby, I think you've even said in the past that like, you didn't even know there was different flange sizes. Oh, and no, I, know, I, no I didn't idea. know. Yeah. I had no idea that there was different flange sizes. So that was something that I learned like way later on. Um, so it could be that your flange size isn't quite right and that could be causing it too. So definitely look into those two things. You can, you know, shoot a follow-up email if you want to, if you have any additional questions. But for anybody else that's, that's, you know, listening that has a similar problem, kind of check out those two things. Check out flange size and how high your pump is up and see if that fixes it for you. And thank you so much for the question too. That was awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So we're going to talk deep stuff today. Yeah. Yeah. So we've done episodes in the past about like mood disorders and postpartum anxiety and depression and things like that. But um, what has come to my attention lately and maybe not lately, I mean, of course, we know this stuff, but um, what I think would be worth talking about is like actual, you know, severe debilitating anxiety that I think more people are walking around with than we realize. And, and I, I feel like it's ahead. happening more and more lately too. I mean, I've been 
you've been in this in this work for a while now, 10 years, right? So, and I've been in this work for 15 at least. I feel like I see it way more now in the last couple of years than I did before. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe. I mean, I, you know, I... um. I've been in this particular work for 10 years, but I've been mm-hmm. a social worker since I was a young adult Yeah, coming out of school. And, you know, as a, you know, I worked as a counselor and a therapist and, um, you know, there's anxiety is so much a part of our life. I think in this culture mm-hmm. where, um, people are expected to, you know, push their feelings down. Um, we create, like we talk on the Revolution Parenting Podcast, you know, we talk a lot about parenting and how much disconnected parenting has become a thing in for a long time. And it creates people's inability to manage their feelings and to, you know, connect to other people. And 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 severe anxiety can come out of all of these big, big things. And there's I have two things I want to add to that too. Yeah. Um, pandemic, which is like goes mm-hmm. without saying, people yeah. that are having babies during this pandemic, I think is a whole different layer of anxiety mm-hmm. that nobody expected to see. Um, but I also want people to realize that maybe anxiety is something that you struggled with in the past and it was controlled or you had ways of controlling it and you, you know, whatever you did to help control it was working for you. But then you had a baby and things really get stirred up like tenfold with Mm -hmm. those hormonal changes and everything else that's going on, the life changes and what a drastic, drastic life change it is to have a baby that we don't realize until that baby is here. And sometimes those things that you've done in the past to help with your anxiety aren't helping anymore. And it, I don't want anybody to think that like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? Because this is this is not uncommon. Oh, to, and a lot of times people go off of medication when they get pregnant. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Yeah, you go off medication when you're pregnant or you're too afraid to take it when you're breastfeeding or somebody erroneously tells you you can't take it anymore if you're breastfeeding. Right. Um, and then, you know, like how are you supposed to try to manage that if, the, if your crutches were taken away? You know, yeah. like that's... Yeah. What are you, you going to do? Right, what do you do? Yeah. And then, and so real quick, when I was, I was uh, 19 years old when I started having panic attacks and I was, I was, I remember my very first one. In, I think it was like a literature class. I was going to college in Leiden, the Netherlands. And I think it was some random, like a literature class or something. And I was just like, oh my God, this sucks. What am I, how do I, can I get out of this class? And I started this whole, like, how do I get, how do I get out of this? thing and whip myself up into a panic attack. I had no idea what was happening. I thought I was dying. It never happened to me before. Um, somebody else with um, more knowledge and more attention to me as a child would probably have been like, this is an anxious, disconnected child. Um, but of course, I was not. If if anybody had known that or t- paid attention to it, it probably never would have in- unfel- unfolded that way, you know? Yeah. So... Then I so I started having panic attacks and then I I didn't know what was going on. I started seeing a therapist very young who was like, You're having panic attacks, it's okay. You know, she was very like validating. I mean, I don't remember any solutions coming out of it, but oh well she was like, I feel like you don't 
you're not really connected to your parents and da da da. And you know, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me something She's I don't like, know. Yeah, like right, you know, like I feel like you. you feel, I remember her going, like I feel like you. Um, I feel like you, your parent, you like don't like. Well, how did she say it? I can't remember. Like I feel like you don't like talk very much. You don't have a lot of communicate. You don't have good communication in your family. That's what she said. And I remember going home, and my mom was like, "How is?" Because my parents were like, didn't know what was going on, and I was saying like, oh, "I think I'm dying." A lot of them, they were freaking out. They started. My bedroom was on the top floor. Um. Everything's very high, skinny and high in Amsterdam. And I was on like the sixth floor. And they started coming up and locking the door. They were afraid I was going to like jump off the roof. And then they didn't know what to do. Of course, they weren't talking to me about it either. But um, this is really turning into a long story. So I'll shorten it up. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyway, the funny thing is I said to my mom, my mom was like, how's it going? And I said, well, she says that we don't have a lot of communication in this family. And she goes, well, we'll talk about that sometime. Oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> I know. It's like, okay. Yeah, I know she's right. Um, anyway, so then I had panic attacks for, I moved to New York City, continued to have panic attacks, Core 9-11 happened. That was really great for anxiety. Um, and then I had an accident on an airplane, which was then really like, you know, really helped as well with the anxiety. And um, then I moved to, away from New York City. I was living with my parents trying to move to Chicago with my now husband. And I, it had just exacerbated to the point where every time I walked out the door, I was having a panic attack. And so then I wasn't walking out the door. Um, And then I finally got myself to this doctor who was like, you know, medication can really help with this. Like, you know, I feel like if you had been on medication like earlier, like it wouldn't have gotten to this point. And and so I went on Paxil Mm. and oh my fucking God, you guys. It changed my life. It mm. was just so completely different. We moved to Chicago. We I got a job. I like really my social work career like really you know took off. I went to grad school. I did all this stuff, and you know I I, I eventually went off medication. Of course, I was in in therapy this whole time. The whole time, you know, through I mean, I'm always kind of I guess not at the moment, but you know, I'm regularly in therapy. I have a therapist, like you know, there if I need her. Um, but so when I talk about debilitating anxiety, the whole point is when I talk about debilitating anxiety, I'm not talking to you as a therapist. I'm talking to you as somebody who's experienced it and I know what it feels like. And so when I had Jack, I was at a point where I really, he's my first son. I felt like I had really gone through the shit. I went through hell and back, you know, and I'm, I'm good. I, you know, I learned all the things I have the tools and then here comes Jack. And not only did it, of course, change everything and kick up all this anxiety, but the anxiety presented itself differently. It st- I started experiencing things I had never experienced before. N- mostly the intrusive thoughts mm. were coming mm-hmm. rapid fire of like just my child dying in the most impossible, first of all, impossible ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, of course, terrifying. Every day was terrifying. And um, so this is a breastfeeding podcast. And so we are, it mostly came up, this conversation topic came up between Diane and I, when we were seeing how this plays out with really breastfeeding and how people see their breastfeeding relationship. And when people have problems breastfeeding, And I will say for my, I had so many problems breastfeeding and I was by myself. And so, you know, I was 
the anxiety was keeping, I kept me up at night, kept me Googling, it kept me reading and reading and reading. And so it was one of those things that kind of accidentally led me to a lactation consultant who, when I called her, that's really when things turned around because we are also so completely isolated and we don't know who to talk to. And the people around us maybe don't know the severity of the anxiety that we're feeling and they don't know anything about breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. And so it's all just exacerbating itself. And mostly with, I don't have enough milk. Yeah. A lot of it is surrounded by milk supply or what your milk could be doing to your baby. That's the other thing that it comes up with a lot. Um, Cause we do see a lot of anxiety. And when I, like I work in a pediatrician's office part-time and I see the messages that come in for the pediatricians and whenever they're, you know, breastfeeding related, they will send them to me. But it's like, Every, everything, everything that the baby does, people are like, what, what is going on? What is going on with the baby? Why is the baby not sleeping well? Why are they fussy after they eat? Why did they spit up a little bit? The baby spit up a little bit more. Is this normal? Should I worry about this? What's happening with it? Is it something wrong with my milk? Can I take this vitamin? Can I take this medication? Can I pump a little bit and give them some milk from a bottle? Is that going to ruin their breastfeeding? How much milk do I give? What happens when I give a bottle? What if they don't take the bottle? Like there's so much anxiety around just the initial taking care of your baby that you're going to do the wrong thing. Yeah. And I think there's already anxiety around breastfeeding because again, it's something that we don't see. It's something that we don't have support for. So we don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. We just don't know what's going on with breastfeeding. But when you have like severe, debilitating anxiety, and what I mean by that is like you have anxiety, it, it's more than you're feeling nervous. It's more that it's more than, you know, I'm a new parent. I'm, you know, anxious about what's going on. It's, it's, it's when it starts to affect your ability to parent. Mm-hmm. When, you, when, when you are having trouble really just getting through your day because of the anxiety. And when we're working with people that have anxiety, because we don't, you know, a lot of the stuff that a lot of the times when I'm working with people, it's just over the internet, email or messaging. And so somebody has a very valid question, like, you know, am I making my babies very fussy? Am I making enough milk? And then, you know, explain something very simply why they do have enough milk. And two months later, every day in my inbox, they don't believe me. Mm-hmm. Because their reality is so different. Mm-hmm. You know, they they cannot accept the fact that that you know the anxiety is fueling it. The it's interfering with their ability to see this clearly. Right. And that's when you know. Then that's when I go. Okay, I think we're dealing with something a little bit more. And sometimes people know. Sometimes people will say, "I have a really bad history of anxiety," and you know, and then I can go, okay, well then let's change the conversation a little bit. But sometimes people don't even know that that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, if some people are walking around with anxiety that is so severe that it does interrupt their lives and they don't even know. Yeah. They don't realize that that's what it is. It's doing it. Right. And why don't we, yeah, let's do our break. And then I definitely want to get into too, like how how sometimes it it really interferes with actually des- deciding to breastfeed. 
the decision. Oh to yeah, and uh, right, and then yes, I have other things to say too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll be. Uh, we will be right back. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Sarah's Chill. Never worry about safely storing your breast milk or formula again. Sarah's Chill was invented by a mom for moms and offers guaranteed convenience with their double-walled stainless steel container. A little bit of water and ice is all you need to keep your breast milk or formula safe for 20 hours. No more lugging around chunky coolers and dozens of containers. You can pump and double pump all day into one sleek container. The chillers are dishwasher safe, airport friendly, and last a lifetime. Use it for wine, coffee, and any of your favorite beverages or snacks even when you're done breastfeeding or bottle feeding. Head over to Sarah's Chill. That is C-E-R-E-S-C-H-I-L-L.com. And you can check them out on Instagram at Sarah's Chill. Uh, and when you are at Sarah's Chill.com, be sure to use Badass Breastfeeders 25 for 25% off of your purchase. And today's episode is also brought to you by Just In Case Nursing Pads. Struggles with nursing pads that scrunch up into your bra, slip out of place, and leak through your top add unnecessary stress. Just In Case is committed to making breastfeeding more comfortable, less stressful, and more sustainable for new parents. Just In Case set out to redesign nursing pads from the inside out, incorporating their patented Confitex textile technology. Unlike other reusable nursing pads, award-winning just-in-case pads are super absorbent and leak-proof, so they won't let you down when you let down. Plus, because they don't contain a layer of PU plastic, they're more eco-friendly and can be tossed in the dryer with the rest of your wash. Essential for busy new parents. Just-in-case also has a range of award-winning, super-absorbent, reusable underwear, perfect for postpartum bleeds, wee little leaks, or the eventual return of your period. They've got you covered. Badass breastfeeders can head to justincase.com. That's J-U-S-T-N-C-A-S-E. And use code BADASS15 for 15% off of your purchase. And all of these sponsors and their promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Our show notes will also include further information about things we talk about in this episode and at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you can find our page of breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. So do you want to go first? Okay, um, sure. I mean, I just wanted to say, so <sighs> with this severe anxiety that is interfering with our ability to successfully breastfeed, our ability to get help, our ability to kind of understand breastfeeding and just be able to manage breastfeeding. People are weaning early. And when Mm -hmm. I say early, I'm not saying that because of some external standard. I'm saying it because or before they want to. People are ending their breastfeeding relationships before they want to because they fear that their body is not giving their baby what they need and they switch to formula. Now, I don't care. Form, if you want to end breastfeeding, if breastfeeding is not going well for you, that's fine. That's up to you. But if you are ending breastfeeding before you want to because of anxiety that you're having trouble managing and that you're not getting the help that you need, 
And so it just feels hopeless. And so forget it. That makes me upset. Sad. You know, yeah, it's very sad because people breastfeeding is not to a parent. Breastfeeding is not just like, oh, whatever. I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. That's generally not how we feel about it. People generally feel like they either want to or don't want to. And so people that, you know, I I want to breastfeed and then when they start doing it and then it looks like it's going to be ending sooner than this was my experience anyway, when I felt like I was going to be and I know that it is the experience of other people too. Mm-hmm. When, when I was breastfeeding and I could not figure it out and I was racked with anxiety and I had no idea where to turn or what to do about it. And I even knew my history of anxiety and I knew that it was affecting me now, but I also knew nothing about breastfeeding. And so what's going right? What am I seeing? You know, what is real? What's not real? And I felt like I was going to end before I was ready. I was devastated. And it's not because I'm like a breastfeeding Nazi. It's because I'm a parent and this is what I wanted. This is the relationship that I wanted with my child. And it is absolutely devastating to parents when they end this relationship before they want to. And I feel like that's what we need to not ignore. Mm -hmm. One of the other things that I see happen quite a bit is going to exclusive pumping. And Mm -hmm. that, I mean, yes, your baby is still getting breast milk and that's an amazing thing to give your child. And it is a lot of work to be an exclusive pumper. It is a lot. Like I give every, every parent that does exclusive pumping gets a whole different badge of honor because like that is a huge, huge undertaking. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of commitment. Yeah. But when people go to exclusive pumping because of their anxiety and, and that's usually what they tell me, I'm just going to pump because of my anxiety that works better for me Mm -hmm. because they want to see what's happening. They want to see how much the baby's getting. They want to see what that milk looks like. And that is it, that's a lot. And it's like, that's their way of being able to control that right. breastfeeding relationship. Right. But you are missing so much of that relationship. And some people have to exclusively pump because, you know, NICU babies and all these other things that, you know, reason, for reasons that people choose to exclusively pump. But when it's anxiety driven, that always makes me sad because I feel like there could have been something to help, you know, to we could do something there. Uh, um, the debilitating anxiety. I mean, we, it is. So if it's not apparent to the parent itself, we can, you like, we, we see it, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like we see it just from the questions and the, and the constant, I'm not sure if this is going right. I'm not sure what's happening. I, the baby's doing this, the baby's doing this. And it always seems like there's more, you know, you're looking for more problems. You're worried about more problems. You're looking for what could happen that's not happening yet Mm -hmm. or maybe won't happen Mm -hmm. at all. But you Mm -hmm. see that all the time. Well, what if, what if I pump and give a bottle and then the baby doesn't go back to the breast? What if that happens? Yeah. That is so much the life of a person with anxiety, even Mm -hmm. not parenting. What if, what if, what if this constant prediction of the future? Yes. Anxiety lives in the future. So it is, it is very, very difficult to parent that way. Yeah. 
And you said that to me, you know, one point when we were talking about, you know, some parents that have been contacting us over, over anxiety driven concerns. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is, it's so hard to parent when you feel like that. And what can you do? Like, what are the things that you can do if you're recognizing that this is happening? Right. Well, all of the ways that we can help ourselves without being a parent are the same ways that we can help ourselves as we're a breastfeeding parent. So the medication that you were on, you can still take. I don't care what anybody said. It's not true. It's not true. Medication is safe to take while you are breastfeeding. If you were on a medication that was working for you, go back on it. If you have not been, there's a lot of stigma around medication. Oh, so much. Um, but it's also like a billion dollar industry. So like not sure what the, I mean, just like mental health in general is such so a, there's so much stigma around that. So when it comes to medication and like doing, actually doing something to like manage that, the two the big things are medication and counseling or therapy. Um, there's just so much stigma around it and it's so stupid because it's so helpful. Um, so if you had a medication, go back on it. If you have not yet, go see somebody um, about starting on one um, because it can really change the game for you. And all even, you know, medication or not, find a counselor and you can find them. I mean, my therapist is on is in New Zealand. I see her online. Yeah, a lot so of people see them You online. don't even mm-hmm. have to leave your house. I mean, I know that's a big thing now with the pandemic. It's definitely a big thing with new parents because what are you going to do with your baby? Um, and so find one that's online. And, you know, so the financial aspect is something as well that people need to consider. Um, so call your insurance and say that you're looking for a counselor. And get talking to somebody because connecting with another human being and talking about this stuff really, really deflates a lot of it. One of the other things I want to add real quick about medication too is that there are some medications that are kind of like earmarked for breastfeeders. Mm -hmm. And I always ask parents, you know, what were you on in the past? Did that help you? Do you felt like that helped you? Because sometimes they'll say, well, I was on this medication in the past, but my doctor put me on this because I'm breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, they might just go to these specific medications because they think that's better for breastfeeding without realizing that they're safe, that the one that you took before that was very successful to you can be taken again, even though you are breastfeeding. So don't take a medication that isn't working for you. Like that's going to cause you more trouble. Like that's, you know, don't take anything that's not working for you. So if there is a medication that you want to take, don't be afraid to confront your doctor and say, I think that this one is going to be fine for me. I think this one will be safe. You can always, you know, ask your lactation consultant. You can shoot me an email and be like, I want to take this medication. Is this safe for me and my baby? And I'll give you the information on it. I do that for patients all the time. So I... Don't just kind of like take whatever they tell you is going to be the safest thing for you if that's not going to work for you. That's the bottom line. 
Like if you right, know medication it doesn't works, do anything for you if it's not work. I mean, like it's not it's not like you can just like, hey, here's a medication. It doesn't matter what it is like it does, yeah. because sometimes people go on one medication and it doesn't work out and then they go on another one and it does. Don't go on one that especially if you know that it didn't work in the past, because it's not you can whatever the one was that works for you. Go on it. And if you've never been on medication before and you're talking to your doctor or psychiatrist who's even better because they are more knowledgeable um, in the area of medications, um, you know, if they make a suggestion, then go with it. I mean, there are, you know, you got to try something. And there's, we can, there's, there's so much research on medication. So there's Dr. Hale puts all this, med, this information out. There's an app called LACMED. There's the Infant Risk Center, which even has a hotline that you can call and get this information. And if your doctor's giving you a hard time, just say, I looked this up. Hey, this is like the information on, on lactation and this medication. But it is very safe. And I it think is. that is one, that, that is a really big block for parents with anxiety to Except that, um, but I don't well, want anything to get to the baby. Well, it's right, because like, you already have anxiety. So then you're going to have anxiety about the anxiety medication hurting your baby. And it, it won't. And it's so important for your baby to have a parent that's present for that. Right. That's way more important than than the medication. You know, like not yeah. enough gets in the milk to impact the baby, but what does get in the milk to impact the baby does not even shine a light to what it it can do for you. Like it's just, Mm -hmm. it's really important. The other thing that I think could be very beneficial to parents as well. That's very easy thing to do is to like get rid of your apps on your phone that have anything to do with breastfeeding, your timers, your counters, all of that stuff. And I have had parents with anxiety tell me when I got rid of that, that helped me to feel a little bit better. It helped me to feel a little little less anxious about what I was doing. Um, Because you can become very obsessive about, okay, baby wasn't on for this many minutes. They were on for this many minutes last time, but but why wasn't the baby feeding for long? Well, that's what, uh, yeah, that's what you get a lot with parents with anxiety is the minutes. Mm -hmm. I breastfed for this many minutes and then they were off for this minutes and this minutes and this minutes. And kind of like, releasing yourself from that hold of those apps, keeping track of every little thing mm-hmm. can be very, very helpful. Yeah. Cause the so minutes sure. don't matter. Yeah. Don't count the minutes. No, do not. Just don't even start counting. Just don't do it. But I mean, if you have, again, like this, the very bad, severe anxiety that we're talking about is really hard to, to get around in these okay. little ways. So there's a great, and I'm going to link it in the show notes, but there's a great um, website that's got some amazing resources and it's called Postpartum Support International, PPSI. And they've got some like online support groups and... Oh yeah, support groups too. Yeah, really great resources Other for people stuff. that are going through this, connecting that can be, with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, so helpful. So helpful. And it's that. all online now. You can do it all online. Even, you know, Zoom. You know, you mm-hmm. can just do the Zoom counseling, Zoom support groups. Um, this is how people, you know, this pandemic is terrible, but it's showing us all the things that we can do online. And that's so important for new parents because it's really hard to get out of the house, especially if you have anxiety and a new baby. I right. mean, getting out of the house is like very difficult. 
And so we have this ability now through Zoom to be doing these things. And please, please do them. I mean, I, you know, I do a support group once a week and, and I always put it out on my Facebook page so anybody can join us who wants to. But half the time, the, the moms that come on, the babies are napping or, mm-hmm. you know, like the older kids are playing outside and they can just sit outside and, you know, be on the group with us while they watch over their older kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like they would never be able to come in person right. because it's nap time or because of older kids or whatever. And now they can. So this is a great opportunity. I mean, this is kind of one of the silver linings in the pandemic because we would have never thought to put my support group on Zoom before. So can so can anybody who is listening right now come to your support group? Oh yeah, for sure. And it's on okay. I always post it on my Facebook page. Which always, is always. I am Cassidy Consulting. Yes. So yeah, but Facebook doesn't show everybody everything. So you're all listening right now. And so go to do they is it where's the link is it only found on your facebook page yeah that hey, put, and in my put it in the show group. notes okay <laughs> put it in the show notes okay so go to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com scroll down diane's gonna put in there diane's support group and go just go and if that's just the first step that you take to like connecting with other people to like you know running something by you know is this just is this my anxiety or is this like a real issue or just, or you're having trouble even just getting out of your house because you're so anxious. Maybe you show up and you decide you don't want to say anything and you're just there just listening. Mm-hmm. That's okay too. Just if people that do that, do it. Promise me you'll do it. Promise. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be I'm there. talking to them. <laughs> yeah. Diane will be there. <laughs> Diane will be there. I won't be, be there that. because it's private between Diane and the, and, the people that show up. And that's a, a fantastic start that you could do. When is it on the weekends? On Mondays, Monday Mondays, afternoons, Mondays. one o'clock Eastern time. All right. So that's something that you could do right now mm-hmm. or Monday. Mondays. Yeah. Which is right, right now. <laughs> if you're listening to the <laughs> day a, it came out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. That's true. Um, any Monday. So. So yeah, um, yeah. Do you have any last else? thoughts? I, I'm <laughs> no. I think um, yeah. I mean, I think that's it. It's a it's a rough world out there. It is. It's You're really, not abnormal. Really rough right now. It is. It's very rough. But there's lots of help and support out there. Yeah. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.